Hi everyone, thank you for listening to the When I Am Weak podcast. My name is Bethany Sloan and I am your host. So today I'm going to talk about um, foster care. I'm going to share with you my personal journey as a foster parent. Um, I have, me and my husband have been doing foster care for three and a half years now. Um, And I'm going to just share the start of that journey with you because we don't have time to do, um, for me to tell you every foster care story that I have, um, been involved with, but, um, I would love to share how we got started. But before I begin sharing my journey with you, I just want to say that the purpose of this talk is not to guilt anyone into becoming a foster parent or to say that that is what foster care or adoption should look like, but rather to share how God has been faithful in my life and in the lives of the foster children we care for. I truly believe God has called me and my husband into this journey of foster care with a plan and a purpose in mind, but God doesn't call everyone into the same journey or ministry and that's okay. So if you're a parent or um, just A listener who doesn't feel like God is calling you into foster care, please know that is totally okay. And if you're a parent um, or a listener who feels like maybe foster care could be something that God is calling you to um, or might call you to in the future, um, I hope that uh, this talk might answer some of your questions or curiosities in in that. Um, but also keep in mind that every foster care journey and experience is different. Whatever journey God takes you on as a parent may not look like mine or even parents around you, but that is okay. God's unique calling and journey for each of us as parents is beautiful in its own special way. So with that, I will share with you the start of my journey into motherhood. I would love to share with you um, so much about this, um, but we just don't have time for that. So um, so I'm just going to tell you the beginning of my story. Um, I am, I just finished writing a book titled When I Am Weak. Um, it is the same title as the title of this podcast. And in this book, I have a lot more um, detail and stories about my foster care journey. So uh, if you're interested in that, please go check out my Facebook page. I have more information um, about that. It should be coming out this summer. So um, if you're ever interested in um, just more more detail in, in my journey, you will find that in my book titled When I'm Weak by Bethany Sloan. My husband and I got married in November 2010 not long after people started asking us the dreaded question, when are you going to have kids? I don't know why or how I came up with this number, but every time someone would ask that question, I replied, in five years. At the time, I thought it was funny, but hadn't put together any plan when it came to um, to starting a family. I figured it was in God's hands and we could wait for his timing. However, November 2015, on our five-year anniversary, 
I got a call and we welcomed in our first two foster babies, making us parents exactly five years after our wedding. I don't know if that was God's practical joke or if somehow God whispered in my mind five years and I actually listened, but God works in mysterious ways and somehow it was exactly five years. (laughs) The certification process into foster care took about six months. We began the process in June 2015 by filling out an application and handing it um, into the uh, DHS office. We took all the foster care training classes, did the home study, answered all their questions, and became legally certified in September of that year. Then we got the anticipated call for kids who needed a home in November 2015 on our five-year anniversary. We prayed about this journey for a few years before finally deciding this is where God wanted us to go. We both knew that God was calling us to adopt, but weren't really sure what the details of that calling looked like. I personally was hesitant to pursue foster care because I wasn't sure if I could handle it. And I I also wanted to try and have a biological child first because I thought it might mess with um, with our foster or adopted child's head or emotions if uh, if we happened to get pregnant after uh, we adopted them or had them placed in our home that they might feel like um, they weren't actually or really a part of our family for some reason. Um, I just wanted to make sure that Um, that we were protecting the emotions in the heart of whoever we adopt. Uh, But God knew what was best, and he opened my eyes to see his plan, and that was different than, than what I thought it was originally. We entered this foster care journey with adoption as our main goal in mind, and we told people we were fostering to adopt. But God changed that too. He changed our perspective and he changed our heart in this. Our first two foster kids were a 15-month-old boy and his one-month-old sister. My husband and I had literally jumped into the deep end of parenting overnight. Talk about insta-family. Within an hour of their arrival, our 15-month-old boy puked all over my husband. No joke. But I will never forget that moment because my husband and the amazing man that he is did not freak out. He did not panic. My husband threw off his puke-soaked hoodie and gave this precious, scared little boy a bath while I took care of his baby sister. I fell in love with my husband all over again that night, but in a much deeper way as I watched him love and care for our children. Nothing is more attractive to me than witnessing my husband become the literal hands and feet of Jesus, and that's exactly what he was in this moment. It was a wedding anniversary I will cherish always. The caseworker told us that first month of becoming parents that this particular case would most likely be an adoption case. However, 
most foster care cases start with the plan of reunification before changing the plan to adoption. Beginning of 2016, I went to court and discovered that not only was the plan not changing to adoption, but that reunification for these kids was getting close. I drove home in tears as the future I had dreamed of with these kids and for our family was completely shattered. It's okay to mourn the loss of our dreams and desires. 1 Peter 5, 6-7 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. In mourning the loss of this dream, I had two options. Fight it with anger and bitterness, or surrender it to God, saying, Not my will, but yours be done. That car ride home, that's what I did. I cried about it, and I was heartbroken. But essentially, I was saying, your will be done, God, not mine, but yours. Even though this is so hard for me, I will do what you want me to do in this situation. God God taught me in this moment the beauty and strength that comes from surrendering into his will. Not only did he heal my broken heart, but he opened my eyes to see the bigger picture. A few days later, I was asked by the caseworker if I could drive the kids to their visitation uh, with their bio parents. So before they would have um, a worker take our foster kids um, from our house to their visitation, but uh, they no longer were able to do that. So they asked if, if I could drop them off to their visitation with their biological parents. I wanted to say no, but a little voice inside of me was telling me to say yes. So I did. At these visitations, I got to know our foster kids' biological parents. I witnessed their love for their children and how hard this was for them. I saw how hard they were working to get their kids back and how much they wanted to just start over. God changed my heart from a place of wanting to keep these kids as my own to having compassion for these parents. By the time reunification was upon us, I was cheering these parents on. God is the ultimate healer of brokenness. He was healing my broken heart while at the same time healing their broken family. By the end of it, I got to a place where I was like, I get it, God. Thank you for opening my eyes to see the bigger picture. Days before our foster kids' reunification with their parents, I was asked if we would like to drop off the kids at their, um, at their parents' home. To which, again, I heard that little voice inside my head saying, you need to do this. So I said yes. There was something I knew I needed to do. On the day of their reunification, I went to the grocery store and bought groceries along with diapers, some baby clothes, and baby formula. Later that day, we packed up our car with all the kids' belongings, strapped our foster babies into their car seats, and headed to their home. When we got there, we greeted both birth parents with a smile while handing them their children. It was the most bittersweet moment as we were happy they finally got their children back, 
but at the same time sad that we were now losing the children who had made us parents. We began unloading our car of all the kids' belongings when I handed two big bags of groceries to their mom. She looked in the bags and then back at me with surprise on her face and said, thank you. When my husband and I welcomed our first two foster kids into our home, we had a community of people supporting us. Friends and family brought meals to us, donated clothes and other needed items. Uh, We got um, free furniture for the kids, um, toys, all kinds of stuff. Um, We were truly blessed to have such a supportive community. But as our foster kids reunification approached, I couldn't help but wonder who was going to bless their biological parents, who is going to be their supportive community. These parents have to work really hard to get their kids back. They fight addiction, they fight to get their life back together, and they fight to get their family back. And when all is said and done, and they finally made it to reunification, all they get from the community around them is a good luck attitude. They don't get gifts They don't get um, uh, baby showers or um, donated meals or um, clothes or like anything. They don't get encouragement, support. Um, They really just don't have the kind of support around them that foster parents do. And meanwhile, we wonder why some of these parents fall right back into the hole that they just worked so hard to climb out of. These parents whose children have been taken from them need just as as much support and encouragement from the community as foster parents do. They need hope because without hope, how can we as the community expect them to beat the broken lifestyle they've fallen into? God revealed to me that I could bring the biological parents of our foster kids that kind of hope. Foster care was no longer just about caring for children in need, but about caring for the families they came from. That's how God was calling us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Even if it just meant bringing groceries on their reunification day, the act seemed small, but I knew God was asking us to do to do it and that he has the power to take what seems like the smallest act of kindness and use them to make the biggest difference. To this day, we have a positive relationship with this family and with the other families of our foster kids who have um, been in our home. I pray for these families often. I pray for the kids and I pray for their parents. How blessed we are to be a small part of their redemption story. It was so easy to think just a few years ago that we could never be strong enough to be foster parents. But in listening and obeying God's direction for us, we were able to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I wonder if that phrase is called of Jesus because our own human hands are truly too weak. We were strong enough not because of any personal strength we already obtained, but because of our obedience to Christ gave us the strength to do so. In obedience to Christ, his hands became our own. God was great in changing our hearts to match his, and he was glorified in our surrender to him. 
two days after our first two foster kids were reunited with their biological parents, we got a call about a newborn baby boy named Caleb who needed a home. We just finalized Caleb's adoption this January. If we had been resistant and bitter in letting go of our first two foster kids, we may not have had Caleb today. Our surrender into God's calling and into God's will was painful and hard at times, but so, so worth it in the end as God's faithfulness and blessing was so sweet. We have had six foster children total in our care within the last three years. Four of those children have been reunited with their families, to which we have a very positive relationship with both of those families. We are currently caring for two boys now, Caleb, who we just adopted in January, and JJ, who is in the adoption process. Foster care has been a roller coaster of experiences and emotions, but I am so thankful for all of it because my faith is stronger now stronger than it ever was before. Foster care for us is no longer just an avenue we use to adopt, although there is blessing in adoption. Foster care is so much more for us. It is God's calling for us. It is a ministry, a ministry where we can love and care for broken families who desperately need the hope of Jesus in their lives. I am beyond grateful we answered that calling. So I, as I end today, I just want to ask you one question. What is God's calling for you? Maybe it's foster care. Maybe it's not. But whatever it is, pray about it. Ask God to make his calling for your life clear to you. Ask him to open your eyes to see what that is. But then don't be afraid to walk in it, to jump in with both feet. Be brave in following God's calling for your life. Because when you do, the blessings are so, so sweet. Thank you for listening to the When I Am Weak podcast. I'm Bethany Sloan.